What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 42 of the RXP podcast, the podcast where three working professionals talk all about their love for movies, TV shows, and gaming. I'm one of your hosts, Matt, and today I am joined by Tiffany. I'm really excited for Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. So close. So, so close. And Alex. Black Panther and Marvel's Avengers is pretty cool. Let me tell you, it is quite a week for Black Panther. Tiffany, did you watch the new episode of What If? I did. I did. I loved it. It was like a hundred times better than the first episode, in my opinion. After last week, I was so worried about What If? Because I would probably give the first episode like a solid six. Like, it was okay. Like, it was fine. But this episode was exactly what I wanted. Like, I was just blown away. And that it was dedicated to Chadwick Boseman was, like, real sad. Basically, Alex, I don't know if you... Have you been following What If? I have no idea about what the episode is. The episode, and this isn't spoilers because it was in a bunch of the promotional material, is basically if uh, T'Challa was uh, Star-Lord. So... It kind of follows him as like a um, with a Mary Poppins and all those people. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I thought it was really good. Ravagers, Matt. They're called Ravagers. No, I just called him Mary Poppins. You know what I mean? Because he's Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> anyway. Uh, uh, basically, T'Challa gets abducted to be given to Ego instead of Peter Quill. And then Yondu's like, this isn't Peter Quill. Does this look like Peter Quill? And then Taserface is like, all those humans look the same. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. So. All right. No more spoilers. It's a great, it's a great episode. Go watch great it. Great episode. It's fantastic. And then after that, uh, if you have Marvel's Avengers, you finally have new content. So congratulations. <laughs> Which we're going to play hopefully soon. Hopefully. Yes. Pew, pew, you, pew, pew. You know what game pew. we're going to play? Very, very soon. Another a brand new one right now. New game. Another new game coming straight out of the RXP mix bag is a brand new game for you guys, which I was thinking about this today. We probably need to come up with a name for like this game segment because we keep just like fumbling like it's the game where we don't play the same game twice, except sometimes we do. <laughs> How, <laughs> okay, I have an idea right now. Okay. How about variety game segment? Variety game segment. Perfect. That's VGS. 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 Welcome to VGS, everybody. <laughs> Our, welcome to RXP's VGS. Yeah. <laughs> We're basically just going to go down the alphabet. <laughs> RXP VGS. <laughs> All right. You know what else we have is BWS. Which is... You stop it. <laughs> better, worse, or same. So this is the game where today the episode is all about new reboots. It's talking about redemption stories with different franchises. But let me tell you guys, from experience, we know that not every reboot is made the same. Some are super successful. Some are not. So this game... I'm going to list off one game that preceded the reboot. 
So it's going to be an older game. I'm going to tell you the year, what it was released on, and then I'm going to give you their Metacritic score. And then from there, you're going to tell me, did the reboot or redemption story, like we like to call it, do better, worse, or the same according to their Metacritic score? So there's going to be four rounds. I only want one of you picking each each time. So I've randomized these into one, two, three, and four. So Tiffany, you're going to pick one of those numbers, and then that's where your question is going to come from. Say you pick three, that means Alex will have one, two, and four to pick from next time, so on and so forth. So you both have two questions to answer. If it gets to a tiebreak, I have a tiebreaker ready. Any questions? Nope. Excellent. So Tiffany, would you like one, two, three, or four? Number one. Number one. So Doom 3 came out on the PC in 2004 and received a Metacritic score of 87. So the, the Doom, the Doom game that came out on PC in 2016, do better, worse, or the same? Um, can you use that Doom in a sentence? Oh. <laughs> Was it just Doom 4? <laughs> Well, was it was it just called Doom twenty sixteen? Yeah, Doom twenty sixteen. Um, Doom Eternal came after this, um, but this is the first reboot into the franchise. Obviously, you're a you're a huge fan. I could just tell. <laughs> so it's better, worse, or the same as an eighty seven. Yep. I'm going to say the same. You said the same, which would mean. It'd have to get an 87, and it actually yes. got an 85. So it was a little okay. bit worse. So, Tiffany, no point on the board, but this could, you know, still anybody's game. It's a 33% chance. Okay. So, you know, you had to go for it. All right, Alex, between two and four, what are you going to guess? Four. Four. Deus Ex on PC 2001 got a Metacritic score of 90. So what did Deus Ex Human Revolution on the PC in 2011 get? Worse. You said worse. And it actually was the same. It also got a 90. Who would have thought? So still, everybody's game... So I've played Mankind Divided. That's my uh-huh. only experience in the Deus Ex like series. And obviously okay. I know Mankind Divided was rated lower, you know, much lower than the than its brethren, than its uh-huh. predecessors. But when I knew about, you know, the the history that Deus Ex had and that the Deus Ex in you said 2001 or you know early 2000s had a 90, I did not think Human Revolution would have matched that. Because I don't think anything really like met that. I knew Human Revolution also did well, but I didn't know mm-hmm. it was ninety well. So good, good for you. Good for was it uh, Idos Montreal? I think is are yep. the devs. I think so. Yep. Good. Good for them. All right, that tiebreaker is looking closer and closer with every round. All right, Tiffany, do you want two or three? Let's do number two, baby. Number two, you definitely know more about this game franchise so god of war 
on the PS2 in 2005 got a Metacritic score of 94. What did the God of War on PS4 2018 receive? Better, worse, or same? Better. You guess better? It was actually the same at 94. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what? I thought it got like a 95 or 96 or something. I know. I actually Whatever. thought so too. Um, I guess, I don't know if Metacritic's uh, change frequently, but this was as of yesterday. So uh, no one go fact check me. Thanks. <laughs> All right, Alex, Alex. are we going to tie for zero? But here's the thing. There's a tie break. So there will be a winner between one of you. Unless you both guess the same thing, which I guess if that happens, I'm giving myself a point because that's crazy. <laughs> that's not going to happen. <laughs> All right, Alex. Number three, Tomb Raider on PlayStation 1996 got a 91. What did Tomb Raider on the PS3 2013 receive? Better, worse, or the same? So I don't know whether I should play the metagame uh-huh. because we've had one better and two sames. Okay. So it should be worse. Or if I should try to go off of my own anecdotal evidence of... So obviously I haven't played the original Tomb Raider that came out, but I have played the reboot in 2013 and the entire rebooted trilogy, as a matter of fact. Okay. So I'm leaning both ways where I'm like my own opinions of 2013 Tomb Raider and just playing the metagame of what you picked out. So I'm going to just say worse. Did you think that it was worse? Just wondering. Would you have picked worse for anecdotally? I, for my personal opinions, there were a lot of faults I had with 2013, especially the fact that there was a multiplayer mode in it and it uh-huh. was awful. Yeah, and I'm also expecting that that fact that that multiplayer mode was in there and was so bad that that would also additionally bring the score down. So that is that is my anecdotal evidence to support my reasoning as to why I think it's worse. Oh, so you would have picked the same thing no matter what. Excellent. Well, with your anecdotal evidence, Andrew met a game, which was unintentional. It was worse at an 87, which means, Alex, you are the big winner of this week, uh, which brings our point total to Tiffany seven, myself having five, and Alex now to four. But that's not... I think it's been so long since I've earned a point, so this feels good. <laughs> but that's not it, because you know what? I want, I want you guys to at least hear what the tiebreak would have been, just for fun. I just want to see what you guys think, because there's a, a little movie that came out called the suicide squad and you know what this is where this all came about because suicide squad did not do well in 2016 metacritic was very very low 2021 is doing a lot better and so my tiebreak question for you both is what is the point difference between suicide squad 2016 and 2021 on metacritic as of yesterday. You guys don't have to write it down. Do we, you know, since it's just for, for, for okay. fun. So if sure, you guys I'm going to wanna... guess 41. Okay. Oh, mine's my guess is um, 24. 
Okay. It's been a close game because Tiffany would have won because it was 32. Isn't that right? Yeah, eight, nine. Yeah, yeah. So you would have won 70 by one. Uh, 2016 got a 40 on Metacritic. And so far, 40, dang. The 2021 has gotten a 72, which doesn't sound like a lot. But when you look at the past, it looks pretty good. Wait a second. The new Suicide Squad only got a 72? Yeah, on Metacritic. Yeah. It does have. Wow. I thought it was like. A few nines, though. So, like, that's. It's it's doing well. well for a superhero movie, a DC superhero movie that's not from Christopher Nolan. Uh, they're doing pretty all right. Anyway, well that is my game of better, worse, or same in the variety game, game segment. segment. I was like VGS. Or game show. What is oh variety game show? Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing. VGS. All right. Well, it's a segment of our bigger show, so it's not a show in and of itself. We can unless, have I guess that's true. exception. I, unless listeners stop watching right now, then it is the show for you them. You mean I listening? Guess. You mean listening? That also, too. VGS actually sounds like an actual thing. Like it sounds like that's a patent or like a trademarked acronym somewhere. So I don't know that we can say that. RXP's VGS. It's yeah. the whole thing. RXP's okay. VGS. Yeah, but okay. does that other VGS not even know what it stands for if it's segment or show? I don't think so. Uh, well, you're right. You're right. All right, guys. The madman's right. The madman is right. And so now we're going to segue to the show. Because like we've talked about, there are some worse off, some better, and some just about the same when it comes to franchises that have happened in the past. Of course, Suicide Squad I actually didn't go see Suicide Squad. I was thinking about watching it in preparation for this episode. Uh, But, you know, sometimes life finds a way and sometimes life doesn't. So I didn't. (laughs) I didn't go see it. Um, But there has to be some more more examples out there. Movies, TV, game shows. What kind of rebrand, reboot, revitalization, whatever you want to call it, have you guys seen that you've loved and maybe that you didn't love? in the past. Alex, I want to start with you. So I guess this will go along the lines of revitalization only because it's just been so long since the previous release came out. And also to put into perspective, it's not necessarily a revitalization for me because I don't even think I was alive when the originals came out. (laughs) So it's not like it's something that I experienced when I was younger and it just is fallen to the wayside and came back. Mm -hmm. But it is something that has gotten me into the series and I very much look forward to future releases. And that is Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. And so, yeah, this came out, right? Tom Hardy, Charlize Theron in 2015. And, you know, I watched this on HBO Max during this pandemic time, right? What a, what a good time to watch it, you know, especially with this, you know, dystop- post, like dystopia apocalyptic era, you know, movie. And for me, and just like that world building and those characters, I know there's a lot that isn't developed, right? Because it is technically a continuation of that story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not necessarily a reboot, but it is a continuation of what happened in the, I think the original films came out in the 70s and 80s. Um, so before I was born, but 
I think that movie was just so powerful in its world, in like, you know, what's going on and kind of the character relationships and kind of what they prioritize in their life and kind of the idea of like, right, you have this antagonist in Immortan Joe and the idea that, you know, Joe has control of basically the water that is available to all the people like close by. And it's how it's like literal as is the term, right? Water is life right? Mm -hmm. Like we need water to survive and just kind of that character relationship, but also the fact that, you know, you have this essentially vigilante character in Max, you know, that's basically, you know, roaming the countryside. He gets, you know, captured by Joe at the beginning. And then we kind of fast forward to the actual crux of the movie where it's, you know, him trying to escape, but also kind of solve the problems of what's going on in this community Uh, on top of, you know, Charlie Theron's character, right? And the fact that, you know, in reality, she's kind of the main antagonist or main protagonist of this movie in particular, despite it being called Mad Max. But yeah, definitely it's something that got me into looking up Wikipedia articles about the previous movies, about the story, and has gotten me interested into watching future stuff. And I think that has a lot to say, the fact that I had no investment in this series. I knew of it, but I never really understood it. Right, I think the original's Mel Gibson is the uh, the lead actor, is the titular Max, I think. Um, and I never saw them, never, you know, talked about them when I was younger and stuff. My father was aware of them. And I think he did watch them when he was younger. Uh, but yeah, I think it says something when something that's so departed. Right, this this movie coming out like th- about thirty years after the previous ones, and just being able to capture my interest i think is says something to say that what they did with that mad max fury road was very good for that series mm-hmm. yeah what a great movie like every part of that was just really good i never watched the older versions so i have no idea who was in it but yeah that was so good um i kind of go into something very very similar is um a star is born have you did you guys ever watch a star is born I didn't even know that it was a reboot. Oh, okay. Well, never mind then. <laughs> but um, so A Star is Born had Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga, which uh, mm-hmm. was fantastic. Soundtrack, so good. Um, so I was actually watching it. I think I was watching it with my family. and Or maybe I'd mentioned to my family. Somehow I got onto the subject and my mom was like, oh, yeah, Barbara Streisand. And I was like, oh, it's based on a true story? Like a Barbara Streisand and her person? Wow, that's great. Never thought anything of it. But no, she was talking about the 1976 version of it, which had Barbara Streisand in it. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Um, But the music is great. Uh, The chemistry is is so there. I watched clips of the 1976 version, and it looks good. Um, But... Yeah, I I think this is one of those things where it brought me into a series that I didn't even know existed. Um, And I almost thought it was a true story because then after I found out the ending where there's like a very dramatic death, I was like, wait a minute. So then I start pulling up Barbara Streisand's Wikipedia page and I cannot find anything about this. Um, So then I figured out that, uh, no, she just she was in the role. Anyway, lesson learned. Tiffany, did you have any of these revelations for any other reboot? 
No, I did not. But I have a, a, kind of a, a long list here of franchises that had a wonderful reckoning. Uh, number one on my list, honestly, is you guys, Sherlock. 2010 with Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman. I was so taken mm-hmm. by this miniseries that I waited with bated breath between every single season as Benedict Cumberbatch is skyrocketing into stardom. And I'm like, give me more of this weirdo looking Sherlock in my Sherlock show. Okay. I loved. Wait, are you just, I still love Sherlock. Are you low key just insulting Cumberbatch? I mean, he just looked different. <laughs> it's like, he's a very unique looking British <laughs> man. <laughs> I'm sure one. he has a good personality, uh, Alex. You know? No. Yeah. <laughs> He's nice. He's great. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just saying, we're not trying. Who are they? The Cumber Cookies? Is that who's out there? We're not trying. To no, the Cumber. Zoom, zoom. Oh, they're they're called the Cumber. Zoom, zoom. Oh, man. You're going to have to put some zoom, zoom. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. No, no. Yeah. I'm just, <laughs> well, I'm just saying, we're not trying to assault the fandom. They out are there, okay? the Cumber Cookies. D- don't Alex, come after it is us. the Cumber Cookies because together they make a Cumber Batch. Oh, oh. Then why did That's... you say that? Why are you making the editing harder on me? Come on. <laughs> no, because I think it's funny. I just at really want Zoom Zoom to come back into the edits. <laughs> yeah, just 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 do it. Anyway, um, Benedict Cumberbatch, such charisma as Sherlock and playing that neurotic detective. Such a great show. So I good. Love that I show. loved. Yeah, I love the editing style. Or production value of that with seeing his like mind work and seeing the words come up on screen and all that. Love it. I love, love it. Yes, Alex? So I don't know if this is going to come up, but that in comparison to the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock. No? <laughs> yes? It, not even in your mind? You weren't going to bring it up? I just no, want to know your gonna, thoughts. I wasn't going to talk about it, but I thought that was fine. So, I worse. also enjoyed I enjoyed Robert Downey Jr. because I always enjoy Robert Downey Jr. He could play anything yes. and I'll really enjoy him. But when you have an iconic role like Iron Man, Iron Man is more iconic with Robert Downey Jr. than Doctor Strange with Benedict Cumberbatch, in my opinion. Because when I think of Sherlock, I think of Benedict Cumberbatch. I just think it's like... The specific air about him, and maybe it is because he's British, you know, like maybe that has something to do with it. But uh, the classic home field advantage. Exactly, you know? <laughs> you know, that's why Robert Downey Jr. is perfect with Iron Man, you know? He's like, home field advantage right here, baby. <laughs> Touche. U.S. <laughs> Honest, honestly, like, just even saying out loud that the BBC Sherlock show came out in 2010 makes me feel ancient. Cause that was like 10 years ago, more than 10 years ago. But that show is just so good and it's not very long at all. So it I love it. It still holds up. I'll- I actually watched a couple episodes maybe a month or two ago and I'm like, yes, I should, I should do a rewatch. I should do a rewatch. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I need to rewatch it as well. Um, another sh- uh, franchise that, also technically had Benedict Cumberbatch is Star Trek 2009 Star Trek with Chris Pine, Carl Urban, like Zachary Quinto. Mm-hmm. I when I saw that first Star Trek movie in 2009, I actually like 
went home and tried watching the OG Captain Kirk Star Trek. It was like all the episodes of the first seat of that generation that star trek generation was on youtube under like cbs or something like some youtube channel that was a legitimate network had posted it for anyone to watch Mm -hmm. without ads and or like you had an ad at the beginning and an ad at the end or something i tried watching like the first like four i was like i need to get into star trek where has star trek been all my life like this is amazing i love it and then i watched the show and i was like i can't do this it's tough like i try <laughs> it's yeah tough. i but also i grew up no like my mother loved or very much enjoyed star trek growing up like that's what she had and she has fond memories of it like she knows who spock is she knows live long and prosper um Listen, but yeah i know those things but i'm not a trekkie you know what i mean like everyone knows those well, things okay fine but like the movie reboot with the three movies, lo- I enjoyed all of them. So good. And yeah. Yeah. The first movie really made me be like, hold up a minute. Have I been missing something my entire life? I watched I that movie. I was. <laughs> I remember going yeah. to this rundown movie theater back home and watching this movie with a bunch of Trekkies. And they all had like yeah. their shirts on and everything. And to be funny, I wore a Star Wars shirt, and like that wasn't funny. Like <laughs> I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> oh well, <laughs> I see I uh, hit a nerve here. <laughs> um, oh my god! But that was my first introduction to Star Trek. So good. Yeah. Like I just yeah. loved everything about it. Um, but I did not think that I would like the old Star Trek, so I didn't watch it. But still, still pretty good. But. Matt, I was so taken by it that I was like, I need to give it a That's shot. A you know sign. what I mean? Like yeah. that. Yeah. I was into it. Um, should I go over a couple others that I have or should I let you guys take a turn? I don't know, Alex, do you have any more that you want to shout out? I have a couple. For the. Uh, yeah, not positive. Yeah. I have some I want to shout out, but I guess I'll save my uh, disappointment. Negativity ones. for later. All right, okay. let, let us have the positive life for a little bit, you know? Yeah. We'll, we'll give it to you. Yeah. We'll well, Matt. It. It'll also make it easier for me on the timestamps, you know what I'm saying? That's yeah. that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, Matt, shoot me another positive one. All right. You can't have me talk about something being rebooted without me talking about Batman. And not Batman. talk about Batman. Oh, I knew yeah. It. Like Christopher <laughs> Nolan knew what he was doing. Started with Batman Begins, then went to The Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, that whole trilogy restarted batman for a lot of people um a lot of people hated batman movies from the 90s 80s and 90s i still love them i really enjoy them but i feel like the serious tones that we see with batman got restarted with christopher Nolan, and those are still fantastic films i think batman begins was a necessary evil i think the dark knight is the best movie in that series and it's one of my favorite movies of all time but you can't have the dark knight without batman begins and i I feel like it was it was one of those movies that actually aged with me because i grew up on batman the animated series because batman animated series actually came out the year i was born and just kept uh so i i watched them all throughout childhood then i went and saw you know val kilmer and um, Michael Keaton and George Clooney, all these iconic Batman. 
And then you go on to Christopher Nolan. And by that time, I was going into adulthood. Like, I was in high school and, and growing up. And, like, that was the Batman for me at the end of, like, high school, going into college. Uh, so, ah, that series is so good. I think, did I talk about The Dark Knight the other pod? Or was this just, like, off camera with you guys? Maybe we were playing a I game. feel like you're... I feel like you're always talking about The Dark Knight. Oh, man. So. I watched The Dark Knight <laughs> maybe a week and a half ago. So it might have been in the last episode. I cannot remember. But I watched that opening scene of the bank heist, and it is yeah. perfect. I literally taped it and made Maddie watch it. It was like, watch this. <laughs> and she's Has never, she never seen, seen it? None of them. I know. Why didn't you just redo the thing? Because I just like, watched it. <laughs> We'll get oh. there. And she hasn't seen Batman <laughs> Begins. So it's like, you can't start at the Batman dark, Begins right? is the worst movie I've ever seen. Um, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm going to move I, past that sure. because I don't want okay. the negativity to start here for the sake of Alex's okay. timestamps. <laughs> I just, the, oh God, that first one was just so boring. But yeah, the Dark the the dark Knight. I was going to call it Dark Matt. The Dark Knight is a masterpiece. So good. A masterpiece. Not, not um, yeah, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Do you have any? No, you know, you go go for it, go for it. Yeah. You know what? Let's let's. I'm gonna be Ray of Sunshine. Okay. Um, you know those two fran- those two shows I talked about, right? Like I don't or movies rather, mm-hmm. show and movie. I don't know that you guys might have expected me to say that, right? Maybe no. Star yes. Trek was actually on my list, so I'm surprised that uh, you took it. It's pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Queer Eye for the straight guy. Back in the early 2000s, and it rebooted on Netflix to be Queer Eye. I never watched Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Um, it was on this TV channel called Bravo that I did not have growing up, I guess. Oh. Like, we just didn't have Bravo. But also for Queer Eye, you know, back then in 2003, the show obviously, like, fo- it, literally the title was Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. It focused on kind of making over men. Uh-huh. And Queer Eye on Netflix makes over all sorts of people, which I really enjoy. Because mm-hmm. I also feel like I can get something out of their tips and tricks for women um, to revitalize their appearance and all that stuff. And honestly, like the Fab Five, they're just so wholesome and mm-hmm. like so kind. Mm-hmm. Like I really, I really like watching episodes of that show and just seeing people really come out of their shell um, I think it's a great reboot and it's welcome. And they also, you know, they target specific cities mm-hmm. and like revive and, you know, make over people um, of various backgrounds in those cities, which is really cool. So I really like it. I didn't know it was a um, reboot. Yeah. I've, I've actually not watched a ton of Queer Eye, um, but the episodes I've seen are amazing. Like, they're. Um, yes. I, and I don't know any of their names. Like, I don't know any of their names. Um, okay, I love, I know all their names. And I follow them all on Instagram. <laughs> so it was one where they were going back to his high school or middle school or okay. something. And they were making yes. over, I think, his teacher or something that, like, put all of her effort into, like, the choir or the school or something. And it was really sweet. Wait a second. They went back, they went back to a... Uh, they were making over a teacher for one of the queer eyes. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, I wonder if long it was, hair was it the yes, Jonathan. Yeah, 
Yeah. So Jonathan. they went to Jonathan's old high school or middle school. And like the okay. really sad part was like they were all getting emotional. The teacher was getting emotional and it was just like really sweet. And I was like, I did not expect this to be this way. Like, why is this emotional yeah. right now? But it was really good. I haven't watched many episodes, but um, really impressed. I didn't know it was a reboot. Wow. Yeah, it it's a reboot. I mean, growing up, like he, like hearing about Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, the Fab Five, like that was pretty popular, at least in my circles, obviously as a kind of a high school girl growing up. Gotcha. And like being, or like, it pretty much accepting gay people and like having that kind of show, which is really neat. Um, also girl, you know, the stereotype of girls in general, liking makeovers. So I can get <laughs> behind that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the, the Netflix show is a complete reboot and they just, you know, they called it queer eye because it's queer eye for everybody. You know, they had an episode where they made over this busy, like pediatrician, this like little Asian girl who has a family and mm-hmm. like went through medical school and residency and just never made time for herself and her appearance and it was really sweet mm. like seeing her get like a boost of confidence and stuff you know sometimes you just roll up in a bunch of scrubs now she's like wearing like really professional cute outfits and everything and it was really adorable mm. i really like it um another show that i thought has a good reboot even though i never really watched the older stuff is the flash on the CW, I was really taken with The Flash. I think I watched the first like three seasons, but I kind of fell off the boat because I got behind and it just kept coming. Like it's still yeah. going. There's like 18 more flashes or different kinds of flashes. And I'm just like, I'm here for it, but I'm just behind. But when I watched it, I really loved it. I the speed for I was into the speed force. I was in with the metahumans. Like give like DC's the Flash. I fell in love with that show, and mm-hmm. I thought it was great. And I love Barry Allen and the actor that plays him. His name escapes me, but he's he was in Glee, um, and is really filled out as his own superhero, which is really cool. Uh, so I really like the Flash. Um, I can't not mention Spider-Man. It's been reboot like 18 times. Um, by 18 times, I mean it's been reboot three times or two times rather. It's been reboot two times. Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield wasn't terrible. Um, Tobey Maguire has always held a really nostalgic place in my heart. But Tom Holland is my Spider-Man. He is my Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And he will forever be my Spider-Man. And I think that it's been great watching a younger spider-man how many times can i say spider-man i don't know we'll We'll find out we'll see i can't wait for both of them to be on the same screen potentially whenever we get a trailer potentially all three all three of them all three all i want is doc ock and green goblin to come back if i hear william defoe just like harry i will just freak out it'll be fantastic (laughs) yeah yeah. Also, uh, I have hope. You know, minutes J. J. Joe and Jameson. Too, so you know, gonna get my William yeah, Defoe action. <laughs> yeah, get get that. Uh, I also would be remiss if I didn't talk about Animal Crossing. It's revi. I'm not saying it's a reboot, but it's a revitalization. Okay, or or Alex made a face at me. Is it because it's the next installment in a franchise that you don't consider it? A revitalization well i don't remember when the last one came out but yeah it kind of just feels like it's just the next one you know it's not like it's been 
so long since the previous Animal Crossing. Because was it for um, DS? It New has. Leaf? Yes. I feel like Animal Cro- it was just... Animal Crossing hmm. New Leaf came out in 2012, Alex. Okay. And then we got Pocket Camp in like 2018. I don't know I about will, that. I mean, I we did get give po- you this co- because you know you got to live your best life. For me, I don't know if there was ever a gap. You know what I mean? Well, then what about God of War? What is this God of War three and God of War business? Because God is of there War, a gap there? Yeah, there was. Because the the gap what is, was. Well, that, you're gonna look it up. That you're one's also technically it is a reboot. You're gonna say it's nine years. Or something. But it's, that's also an actual reboot, right? Yeah. Because they like re- they, they yes, they it's from a continuation of the story. Yeah, it's Fine. a continuation of the story, but the game itself is completely different. You just gotta rain on my Animal Crossing parade. No, no, no. I mean you can have it. I was, I was just making a face. I was giving it to you, but in the back of my mind, I don't know. <laughs> Also, also, listeners, just to be clear, you know, Tiffany pointed out, make a face. I make a lot of faces. I know you can't see it because you're only listening. But typically, a lot of my responses are, you know, visually presented. Okay, fine. Well, I have one more thing on my list since you took away my Animal Crossing. (laughs) Jumanji. (laughs) Jumanji. Reboot Jumanji was great. And if you haven't seen Next Level, you need to see it. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's pretty it, good. If you haven't listened to our movies of the decade, we had a special guest. Me, Tiffany, and Ariel all bonded over our love for the new Jumanji. And it was great and lovely. And you should go yep. listen to that episode if you haven't already. You should. All right, Alex. We have been going for a while. And I want you, you've been waiting your turn, waiting for the negativity. I want to hear it because I also have one. Oh, boy. I have one also. I mean, so it, it's it's a combination of negativity, but also maybe just not living up to my expectations. So the first one being the Transformers movies and particularly okay. all of the all of the live action. So I'm saying from start to finish, you know, with Shia LaBeouf moving up to Mark Wahlberg, every single one. I think there was a lot to, you know, going back to my childhood. I grew up with Transformers, you know, the animated show, amazing, love it, Optimus Prime, you know, when I think of Prime, I don't think of Amazon, I think of Optimus, <laughs> <laughs> and, and so when they adapted it to the silver screen, and obviously I think one of the main things that the creators had to overcome was that, yes, these are about giant robots, but yes, they're giant sentient robots, is the fact that they wanted to add the human element. And I think that's the main problem with <laughs> all of the live action movies. Is that right? Like Transformers is never has never been about the human element, right? Because humans mm-hmm. do not exist in that world. And so them trying to recontextualize this, like to be on Earth, to involve humans, you know, as attractive as Megan Fox was back in the day, as, you know, as you know, young as Shia used to be right and everything it's like no matter who you cast to be around optimus and bumblebee and red alert and everyone that it will never be the same because i feel like the humans will just detract from the actual story that's at play right which is between the autobots and the decepticons and so the fact that they 
wanted to go this route makes sense from a creative standpoint. I fully understand, you know, they want to get people to care. How do you get people to care? Make humans, right? Because we're all human. We're not sentient robots, you know. Some people might call me a robot due to my personality, but that's a different point altogether. <laughs> but it's the idea that this story has always been about, you know, Autobots, Decepticons, and I think there just could have been a lot more there to it if they focus on that story. And I don't know if there's any future for the franchise to maybe be fully animated in a, you know, maybe silver, like an actual movie adaptation, mm-hmm. but it's a fully animated one. No humans whatsoever. Like, let's do it. You know, there's so many stories and America take pride in your giant robots, right? Like Transformers take pride in, you know, Japan is Gundam. We got Transformers. Gundam's, you know, living its best life over there. They have theme parks built over there. They have life-size literal Gundam models built that animate and move. Like, where can we get a Transformer here in America built? Like, come on, make it happen. We actually have a Transformer in our city. It's right outside of Mellow Mushroom. It's really strange. Very random, right? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, is that we do. part of Mellow Mushroom? Like it's, I don't know. It's very strange. Alex, when you came to visit, have you ever seen the Transformer? I'll take a picture of it and send it to you. It's it's very out of place, but I like it. <laughs> yeah. But, um, Alex, who's your favorite Transformer? Man, that is a hard question because there's so many. And also, there's so many I don't know. Like, I, I like could see them, but I don't know their names. Personally, okay, then, I yeah. I like the I like the Beast Wars like spinoff like that kind of arc. Okay. So so Grimlock, who's the T Rex. Okay. And he appears. I think it's the last night is one of the most recent yes. ones. He appears in that, but they just make him a giant T Rex with no personality. And I'm like, he has a personality. Okay. Like, why do you just make him a? T- yes, he looks like a T Rex, but like. There's something beyond that character that's just growling and viciousness and aggressiveness. Okay. So, you know, do do my boy Grim some justice, okay? Okay. So who? what's next on your negativity list? Next on my negativity. So I don't, this is another thing. It's kind of like Mad Max where I don't have an affinity to what preceded it in that I was not alive <laughs> for when it came out. When but it debuted? I, but I personally enjoyed this installment, and that is the Lone Ranger, twenty. I think it's twenty thirteen. Army Hammer, Johnny mm-hmm. Depp. I like this movie. Now, you know, I and I like it mostly because right, it kind of felt. And this might go back to our dynamic duos episode, right? Like Army Hammer, Johnny Depp, like the the like their partnership, right? And uh-huh. the fact that I know this is critically panned as it not being a good movie. And, you know, maybe I can also admit, maybe not the best movie, obviously, but I enjoyed it for what it was worth. And also, you know, my father, having watched the original, right, the source material, the show back when it came out and his connection to it and me watching it in theaters with him, I think also made it a pleasurable experience for me and that I was able to connect to something that he enjoyed when he was younger. And so personally, I think that movie deserves a little bit more. Not a lot. I'm saying like maybe like two more points on the Metacritic. Who knows? I don't even know what the Metacritic is. But I don't think it needs to be as downtrodden as most people seem, at least critically. 
Wait, so you're saying that be. you like this? This isn't an. Anime. I like this, but I think that it has obviously failed in revitalizing that series. Gotcha. Like this version of it. Okay. So, so you it's kind of like give a it mix of chance. I would give it another chance, but due to the public reception, I don't think you'll ever get another chance. So, what's really sad, though, is both of those actors are now very problematic. So, I'm just going to put that there. Their histories. They may have been canceled. Um, but Was when... it one, like, eating people or something? Yes. <laughs> I feel like that's generally like... problematic. <laughs> yeah, that is... <laughs> problematic um so can i talk about a nostalgia factor that i loved the og and the reboot did not cut it oh please you guys i don't know that you saw the reboot and i don't recommend that you do but the mummy oh, yeah. the mummy with brendan Fraser and rachel weiss was a national treasure of a movie both mm-hmm. of them. I loved both of the mummies. So and then good. this new monstrosity with Tom Cruise was very m- mediocre. It was not good. And they were trying to re they were trying to redo a like a move monster movie franchise um or universe monster movie universe mm-hmm. movie monster universe with like Dracula and the mummy and the you know I think werewolf or the thing or something or the au- the, the swamp person blue, black lagoon yeah yeah they were they're trying to do something it did not pan out because the mummy with Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weiss is the best and Tom Cruise's mummy was not great and don't watch it did you end up watching it Matt yeah I did um I'm very interested in that universe. And I hope it pans out eventually, but I think that they started with something that shouldn't have been started with because the Brendan Fraser movies still hit really well. Like, I feel like any Saturday or Sunday you can pop on TBS and like 56% of the time, the (laughs) mummy or the mummy two is on. (laughs) Like you can, you can basically hang your hat on that. Um, which I don't know. I feel like some movies should just not be rebooted. And maybe that's a topic for another day. Um, but so, so good. The original, the the other was just very, very basic. And Tom Cruise was meh in it. He was fine. Yeah, he was fine. He was meh. Yeah. Okay, I want to be negative now. We want to talk about my childhood. One of my favorite games of all time got rebooted when big bad microsoft bought them took banjo kazooie and made banjo kazooie nuts and bolts which is honestly one of my least favorite video games of all time uh wow (laughs) microsoft bought them changed the look of them to make them look very blocky and gross oh what do you like about this game you like collectibles well we're gonna make it collect everything oh wait you like adventure well guess what we're going to make this into a kart racer. Oh, wait. You don't like building things? Too bad. you got to build your own kart. And then you have to race it around. There's no even open world. It's just you got to race in this kart around. It was so bad. So out of touch. It was... It just... It's one of those reboots that took the soul out of what I loved. And all it was was just a husk. 
and it was back when Microsoft, like when Microsoft bought you, that was generally a bad thing. I feel like finally with Phil Spencer at the home, when Microsoft buys you, now you get free reign and do what you want to. Um, back then wasn't the case, um, but yeah, coming out to Xbox 360, still bad. Still, still so, so bad. <laughs> Where's Banjo 3E? Where is it, please? <laughs> All right. Anyone have any other examples? Because I want to move on to another part. Alex, you look like you want, want to say one more thing. So, again, this is another thing where I don't think it's it's absolutely terrible. But I didn't think it did the original source material justice. And obviously the original source material is continuing just as in a different form than the movie. But that is Power Rangers 2017. I knew you were going to say that. I should have I should have audioed with you. I should have said it while you said it. <laughs> and so obviously this, you know, continuing as a kid's show as it is, as the Power Rangers is geared towards, is continuing. There are new versions, right? I think there's like some 15, 16 different like sub-series now, right? It's I like forget. 30. Difference. But, you know, I grew up on Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. I grew up on Time Force. You know, all those classics, right? And I think the current ones, you know, are things like Battle Charge and, like, Dino Charge and stuff. You know, I want to shout out. Great intro songs. I think one of the classics is that they've done a great job in keeping that same kind of, like, basic energy. idea. Yeah, the same energy that is the Power Rangers theme song and just iterating on it over and over again. And I want to shout out to those composers out there. You're doing a great job. Even though I don't watch the current shows that are out, all the intro music is fantastic. It reminds me of my childhood. Um, but the movie, you know, in the movie, they do play it for literally, I think it's like three seconds. They go, yeah. go, go Power Rangers. <laughs> yeah. It's like three seconds. And I remember being in the theaters, watching it with my homies. You know, we're in theaters. This is 2017 when it comes out. And we all, that, that is the moment I remember we all geek out and laugh because it's like, oh my God, they did the thing. Like we heard it. It took us like an hour and a half to get to this point, but you hear the music, you hear the nod. And that's like the best part of the movie. Uh, I think, not to say that the casting was bad, but I don't think the actors did a great job in kind of portraying, like, I just didn't understand what they're going for with this quote unquote, like new age power Rangers, at least in a movie setting. I don't like, I didn't, not to say I didn't care about these, you know, these Rangers, but I'm like, I see your struggles. I see why you might be good fits to be power Rangers, but I'm not feeling it. And maybe that's just to say that power Rangers was never meant to be a movie. Albeit the movies that came out. Yeah. But the thing is those were with characters from the show. So maybe instead of trying to create new Power Rangers for this movie, and even if it was like the older movies, you know, that obviously dealt with Ivan Ooze and the like. Rita Repulsa. Yeah, Rita. That if they did that with the current series, it might have been better, right? If you weren't trying to introduce me to these Rangers in the movie as well as make it a good movie, that like that's a tough ask, right? Because obviously a lot of what makes Power Rangers great are the actual actors that are playing the Rangers. And in a show, you know, it's a little bit easier to develop these characters. And so the movies back in the heyday were much easier 
to develop, right? Because we already knew who these characters were. And so it was just a continuation of their story rather than kind of building it from the ground up for a movie. You know, it's hard to do within two hours. So I would say I wish they maybe took that route instead of trying to find this, you know, brand new cast of, I even forget most of the actors' names, but I remember Becky G was one of them. I think she was... She ended up being the Yellow Ranger. Ludi Lin, I think, was the Black Ranger. Yeah, he, Black Ranger. He was in Mortal the Mortal Kombat reboot. And I forget her name, but the, the Pink girl that Ranger, plays Jasmine yes, in the Aladdin and then, reboot. I'd say that's the one takeaway that was positive about the movies. I really like her as an actress, and she did a great job as Jasmine in Aladdin. She was also in Charlie's reboot. Angels reboot. That is wow, true look at too, all these so. reboots. So her as an actress, she does a great job, but just within Power Rangers was not, did not meet my standards or expectations, but obviously, you know, this is something I grew up with. So maybe my expectations were a little high, but yeah, definitely uh, those were the things I wanted to, you know, make, make our audience aware of that. I'm like, these could have been better and I hope they were better, but it didn't seem like they, they were up to the task. I enjoyed Power Rangers. I thought it was fun. Because let's be real, Alex. If they chose actors from the movie or TV show to make a movie, I wouldn't have watched it. Because I'm like, I don't know Power Rangers Dino Charge Ultraman. You know what I mean? Like, Ultraman they, is something else entirely. I know, but I'm just, for example. Talk, don't talk about Ultraman when talking about Power Rangers. There's some like Power Rangers that I don't know who what their zords are. Zords? Is that what they were called? Yeah, yeah. there's Zords. Zords. Yeah, so those movies in the '90s, so good, so so good. Take me back. All right, talking about expectations, Alex. This is a perfect segue because I want to give you both the power, maybe a limited power. So maybe we'll limit this to two, max of two franchises that you want to give another shot. Maybe, you know, maybe it's kind of like Power Rangers. Maybe it just didn't meet your standards. Or maybe you just think it was a bit of a lost potential. I want to give you all the reins and you to tell me what you want to reboot. I'll start off with something that I think desperately needs a reboot, um, which is the Green Lantern. The Green Lantern, a great character in the comics, a great character in the animated shows, Ryan Reynolds uh, is a fantastic Deadpool. He was made for Deadpool, and he just wasn't made for the Green Lantern. And I would love to have a recast of the Green Lantern uh, and to just kind of take that over. Because, you know, we're talking about DC and Suicide Squad. Honestly, the DC universe may be a thing at some point. Um and if that is the case, they're going to have to come back with the Green Lantern. And I would love um, for that to be the Jon Stewart Green Lantern, which was like in the animated series. Um, he is more stoic than what Ryan Reynolds played as him. But I think that that's, that's a good route to go. I think that's well more grounded. And honestly, there's so many powers and enemies that the Green Lantern has that just weren't shown like it was as if i wrote a story <laughs> like i could write a green lantern story and it'd be pretty similar probably would also get like a 26 on metacritic uh but i i honestly think that you know there's so many directors now coming out of the woodwork 
that have shown that they know how to direct MCU movies and other franchises uh, that can take this mantle. I mean, honestly, like, I don't know, you know, like, the DC has so many actors that are already out, out there. I honestly wanted Idris Elba to take the Green Lantern, but, you know, now that he's kind of already in the universe, you know, I guess that's a little bit um, out there. But, um, yeah, I just want another shot. Because honestly, he was my one of my favorite characters in the animated uh, Justice League series, uh, which oh. when I watched as a kid, like, and to see Green Lantern come out as one, not John Stewart, I was very confused. I was like, but uh, that's not him. <laughs> that's definitely <Yeah>. not him. <laughs> and then for him to literally have the opposite attitude and kind of like personality, it just didn't fit. So that's what I would want, Tiffany. What you got? What do you want to give another shot to? Uh, I want another Hercules. So whether it be Kevin Sorbo's Hercules, because we're not, we don't have to do that way. Right. And now Kevin Sorbo is, I don't, I'm very disappointed to hear his stance on masking and vaccinations. Um, But, or the animated series Hercules for Disney or the young Hercules that was played by um, Ryan Gosling. Do you guys remember that show? The like young Hercules? No, Ryan Gosling was young Hercules. He was friends with like Jason of the Argonauts and like had like a sidekick. Okay, I just need a Hercules something, okay? Hades last year, Matt's Game of the Year, brought back all this Greek mythology feel. And Mm -hmm. I love Greek mythology, like super into it in middle school, obsessed. Like, give me Hercules. I heard rumors that Disney's making a live-action Hercules, which I will be down for, maybe. maybe. But I would like a Hercules reboot. I'd, I'm okay with, like, a Disney's Hercules reboot, too. Mm-hmm. Like, the show rebooted. Um, but I just want a Hercules show. Hercules! Hercules! And that music from Hercules, <laughs> the animated series, is amazing. Oh, what they need no, to do... No, not the do, anim- You mean the movie. Sorry, the animated the movie. Uh, movie. Sorry. Um, yeah. The music from the animated movie, fantastic. Don't do what you did in Mulan. You know, don't play it in the <gasps> don't background. Do don't You better do, sing it. Don't do And you better bring Mushu or, you know, the Hercules equivalent <laughs> of Mushu. Philoctetes. Yeah. Philoctetes. If you, if you don't have those characters, it's Pain just Pain and gonna, Panic. No, no, it's like... Pain the and Panic. Rele- the, re- the relief on the pots. Those characters... Yeah, I just, I want it to be better. I want it to be better. And I love the music. Listen, yeah. I, Pain and Panic, when they're like, what do they say? I-X-I-I. I-X-I-I. I literally didn't get that joke until like 10 years later. Alex, you get it? When they're like. The number? 911 They're number. like, literally, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like call I-X-I-I. I-X, I literally. It's so funny. <laughs> I was like, what are they saying? It's 911. Oh my God, I love it. Can't wait. Alex, tell me what you want. What you really, really want. I think, not to say they drove this into the ground, but I think this is the direction that people have fallen off this series, and I think it still has potential, and they can tell different stories in this universe, and not necessarily, like, reboot it, but just be, like, adjacent, and that's Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay. So... I know this, you know, the the five movies that have come out for it have all kind of revolved around, you know, Captain Jack Sparrow. And 
you know, it's, it is the end of his story. Like we get to the end of now I forget, I think it's dead man tell, tell no tales. And we see basically the end of Jack's story and I'd say, okay, you know, that's great. This, this wraps up this five, you know, movie long arc in a nice neat bow. But I think the idea, and maybe it's just me, but I like pirates. I like sailing the seas. I like the idea, right? It's like pirates are just like, you know, basically vigilantes just on water, right? And they got wooden boats, you know, whatever. And I think there's so much more to the idea of the mythos of pirates. And I know they introduce a lot of characters, right? Obviously, we have the staples of Davy Jones and Blackbeard, I think, appears in... uh, um, on Stranger Tides. And so like we kind of covered a lot of ground, but I feel like there's more to the pirate universe and more to than just Captain Jack Sparrow and like how eccentric he was. And I just would want some, just more things, right? It doesn't have to be about them. doesn't have to be, you know, we don't need Orlando Bloom. We don't need like all this stuff, all of these old characters. Like I just want more Pirates of the Caribbean, brand new cast, brand new story. But you know, different direction. And I think it could still do well. And right, because how else are we getting our pirate fix cinematically at least these days, right? Like nothing else is really meeting that that niche. That's a good point. Yeah. You could always play Sea of Thieves available on Game Pass. That, Game that's Pass why I was saying <laughs> cinematically. Because I, I am excited for Skull and Bones. Ubisoft, I know you've happening? rebooted Skull yeah, I know they've <laughs> rebooted it like six times. Gosh. I know you announced it in like 2014. But when it comes out, I, I'm intrigued, Ubisoft. I want like a pirate game. Cool. I don't care about Sea of Thieves because I don't want to get off the boat. Give me a pirate combat game. I want to see it. Make it happen, Ubisoft. Make it good. Take the time you need. But make sure it's good. I can't believe that's still a thing. That's almost as old as the last Animal Crossing game. It's basically when they release oh that game, gosh. it's going to be its own reboot. <laughs> oh, my <And> it- <laughs> gosh. <laughs> All right. So talking about games, um, I think what is high time for PlayStation is on the success of Ratchet & Clank. You had a little Easter egg within Ratchet & Clank. And honestly, the subreddit is chomping at the bit. I would love a reboot of the Sly Cooper series. Like, it is my profile picture on PSN, and it will probably remain that way for the entirety of the PS5 because that game series did so much for me growing up. It just was amazing. I'm sure playing it again, I'm sure it would be easy and maybe, you know, a very simple formula to follow and... You know, I've definitely grown up as a gamer, and and so maybe it wouldn't be as charming as I remember it to be, but I think this is a place where stealth in games, it used to be a very niche part of gaming, and now since then, there's been so many type of stealth elements within every game, and there's been games that are just stealth overall. And I think that they could kind of rebrand it and reboot it to where, yes, it's charming, it's got a fun story, a cool cast, but just come back kind of like God of War 2018 and just be sly, and that's it. And simple, it's it's a, a simple bank heist theme with your two buddies and, you know, just like witty humor, but also really good stealth mechanics. I feel like... 
I'd be so down for that. Um, unfortunately, I think Insomniac Games would be perfect for it, but they have like gone on the record on Twitter because like they got a lot of heat with Sly and the gang actually being an Easter egg in Ratchet and Clank, and they're like, yeah, okay, everybody like has a lot of rumors about us making the Sly game, and like while we love the Sly games, we are not going to be making Sly games. <laughs> like They just got ahead of it, uh, which made my heart sad, but I think that is a reboot that would kill me like i would love nothing more than seeing sly on my ps5 also bring back the collection so that i can play it on my ps5 because i can't play the ps3 collection which sucks i will pay good money take it anyway you heard it here (laughs) um so my reboot request is final fantasy crystal chronicles (laughs) Is wow. there a game that exists that's like that? Like when that remake oh no 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 remaster came uh-huh. out, Alex and I bought it and it's terrible. It's not good. It's Le- like Can I tell I- you I was joking me and Alex were talking about like picking up a co-op game on the sale on the summer sale and I jokingly yeah. said, "Oh, I should pick up Crystal Chronicles." Like as a joke and Alex is like Matt, stop it. No, you can't buy that. It is so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I guess, I don't even know if it was better as a a Game Boy Advance game or whatever it was, but... GameCube. The the fact that... Oh, GameCube. Game Boy Advance, GameCube. I don't know. Everyone had... Didn't everyone have to have their own copy of their Game Boy or something that you had to connect? Yeah, to get I, you had listen. to have like an adapter to your Game Boy to be able to play on multiple. It was ridiculous. Yeah. So listen, th- one of the biggest issues that I have with Crystal Chronicles actually is the fact that only the host got progress in the game, almost like a little game called Marvel's Avengers. Ooh. Um, that is a biggest fail for me as a multiplayer game. Like, why isn't the whole squad getting progress together? In fact, it got to the point in Crystal Chronicles, we literally played the same level three times. And then it got to the point where we got one one of the hosts made it to the second town, but couldn't play a level from the first town because he already he as an Alex made it into the second town so he couldn't access the first town so me and my friend had to do because we were playing with two other people technically three other people but that's a long story because <laughs> they were playing on their mobile phone but two of us basically had to like do the uh, the last level of the first town uh, like together and then one of us had to do it solo in order to make it to the second town Wow! in order to play a level in the second town what madness is that like for real right so give me a reboot or you know what audience if you have any games that are just everyone's their own character and you play in little dungeons and it's not complicated please let us know tweet at us at rxp underscore podcast or email us at rxp.podcast at gmail.com okay tell me a game like that so i can play it otherwise square please reboot final fantasy crystal chronicles Thank you for thank you for coming to my TED talk. And if you reboot it, make it so not one person has to carry the the chalice or whatever, because that was the most infuriating <laughs> part. It was like, 
Oh, who's stuck with chalice duty? Get back to it, Alex. (laughs) That's true. That's true. All right, Alex, what is your last one? I just want to say it's funny you say that because I was the, the chalice That's holder. That's hilarious. He, he was always the chalice holder. So in the cutscenes, it was always me with the chalice at the end collecting the dew drop because I was the one holding it going into the cutscenes. I was like, look, it's me. I'm in the cutscene again. We literally watched him collect the dew for the, the town. I collected like enough dew to last times. centuries. Yeah. Centuries of protection for the village. All right, my my final revitalization I, I want to invest into is the Motorstorm series. I don't even know what that is. I don't and either. So this is a racing. This is a racing game series that lived and died on PS3, and it partially died because the studio that developed it moved on to make Drive Club for PS4, and then apparently that game didn't do well for them. So then that studio just ended up getting completely dissolved. So now there's no more devs, you know, to to make this. But it was a racing game franchise that basically think think like F Zero, think like Wipeout, think like kind of higher speed driving, right? Like it's, this is all about speed. It's all about boosting, but it was more realistic, right? Like you're not in space. You're not driving these space vehicles. You're in like earth-like environments. Like you're driving through the woods. You're driving through canyons. You're driving through, you know, destroyed cities. And it was a game that's all about managing boost and going fast on top of wrecking your opponents while you're driving, right? No power-ups. It's just, you're taking a bad turn. You're going to, you're not going to be able to make it. Someone bumps you slightly you collide into the wall, you explode. Bam, you got to respawn back to the track. This was cutthroat racing at its finest, being able to manage your boost while going fast at it. And I loved especially Motorstorm Apocalypse. That was the last one that came out on PS3. Fantastic game. And I think the devs that could bring it back are Bugbear, the developers of a game I played earlier this year, Wreckfest, that I thoroughly enjoy. And I think they have the chops to bring back this series. So Sony, I know you still own this this IP in MotorStorm. Get in contact with Bugbear. Let him know, hey, we like what you did with Wreckfest. Great use of the haptics in the controller. Great fun, you know, and just wrecking Demolition Derby, what have you. How about you take a crack at the MotorStorm franchise? You know, running 4K, 120 FPS, like it could look amazing on PS5 and Bugbear. Like I'm just sh- I'm ruined for you. Go to Sony, ask him about it. Cause personally, I want to see MotorStorm come back. I think there's not a lot of games these days. I feel like racing games are either split into sim slash like arcade sim type variants. You know, we got you know Forza Motorsport, Forza Horizon, Gran Turismo, or we got the kart racers. Right, we got uh, Mario Kart. We got Sonic All-Stars Racing, you know, that type of stuff. We got Nickelodeon Racers. But that middle tier, that kind of combination of destruction, right? You guys nailed it with Wreckfest. You know, you could do it with MotorStorm. Bring this franchise back. They're like, but you've got MotorStorm at home. And you look at MotorStorm at home, and it's just uh, the 
the what? Oh gosh, what is it called? No, I messed up the joke. I don't remember. <laughs> the joke. Destruction All Stars. Dang it. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> There's no racing in Destruction All Stars. Exactly. Like, but they're like, you That's wreck a joke. people. Anyway. Yeah. Well, with that failed attempt, I'm going to not fail at attempting to sending us out. Because this concludes episode 42 of the RXP podcast. If you want to get in touch with us about some of the reboots you loved, hated, maybe didn't like a little bit, or maybe you just want to tell us about some franchises you want to come back. Go send us an email at rxp.podcast at gmail.com or find us on Twitter. Get into our uh, DMs, as, you know, the youths might say at rxp underscore podcast. But until next time, see ya. Thank you for, thank you for coming to my TED Talk.